Good morning. In today's gospel about the man born blind, it's an interesting story and a little on the long side, but it is something that we can often just gloss over. A man is blind and Jesus Christ heals him as if it's just a cut and we put a bandaid on and it gets healed. But I think that there's kind of a misconnect between just reading this gospel and sort of seeing how this applies in our lives because we can't really identify with what it's like to be blind. There, of course, there might be some of us that are vision impaired or maybe even blind, but we can't really understand what that means. And I experienced something when I was studying in Rome at our uh, at the Angelicum, our Dominican university there. And it went, it goes something like this. A U.S. senator and his wife wanted to tour Rome, and often, you know, they're English speakers, and they want somebody that's English speaking to show them around. And so I brought them throughout the sites of Rome. There's a ton of things going on all the time and a ton of places to see. The, the big ones like St. Peter's and, and whatnot. But I wanted to take them somewhere special, and that was the catacombs of Santa Prisca, which is a little bit in the north. And the catacombs are always outside of the historic center of Rome. Why? Because there was sort of a taboo associated with the dead. And then we're talking about Roman times. And so they didn't just bury them in the ground, they created these catacombs of like a little mini city, and they did so underground. So you would find these catacombs that are five, six, seven stories underground, and they would, um, uh, the ground was hard, and they would carve out these passageways and niches, and then they would place their bodies. And the Christians, in the very early times, they would come there and they would convene and celebrate the sacred mysteries there. Why? Because it was illegal to be a Christian in the earliest times of the faith. And so I wanted to take the senator and his wife uh, there because they're Catholic and they want, I wanted them to experience what it must have been like. But we arrived at the end of the day and it was... Uh, not one of the popular catacombs, so there weren't a lot of people. And the tour guide, the guy that's associated with the catacombs that knows the place inside and out, he was kind of bored, <laughs> and he wanted to play a joke on us, unbeknownst to us, <laughs> including me. And so we went down into the catacombs, first level, second level, third level, I think it was like the fourth level we were down. And he asked us, he sort of motioned us to go down this passage, and he didn't follow us. What he did was he kind of turned the corner and backed out, and then he turned out the lights. I have never been in that complete a darkness ever in my life. And my first instinct was panic. How do I get out of here? But I hadn't planned on any of this. I had no idea where 
anything was. I was just following the passage wave, and I wasn't committing it to memory. I wasn't leaving trails or breadcrumbs. And so, I mean, everything was pitch black. We're four stories underground. I couldn't even see the hands that I was waving in front of my face. And the, the instinct is to, to be scared and to wonder, where am I? How do I get out? You know, after a few seconds, it seemed like hours, <laughs> um, you could hear the laughing of the tour guide. He turned on the lights. But that was kind of the first experience of complete pitch black that I have ever experienced. And um, it was a good lesson to me, and I think it applies to this gospel because we do not know what it's like necessarily to be blind. And of course, what is that blindness, and what does light provide us with? Well, in the physical world, the world around us, light can provide us with illumination. With the light, we can see what's around us. We can make out, this is an altar, this is a pew, this is the aisle. It can show us, a, it can be a sign of where things are. It can guide us. If I want to get out of this church, I can go to the door that says exit on it. The road that we drive on, we can see where the road goes and we stay on the road, hopefully. And it's, there are other properties of light as well. Light provides us with life. Without light, plants could not provide us with oxygen. Without oxygen, we would surely die. It can provide us with heat. I was just commenting uh, earlier that uh, Denver can go from like 30 degrees to 80 degrees in two hours, <laughs> it seems like. And uh, that heat is, where does that come from? The sun, which is providing us with warmth. There's a, a couple other properties that um, light can do. It can actually burn. When I was growing up, we could uh, <laughs> take a magnifying glass and concentrate the rays of the, uh, of the sun onto an unsuspecting bug. <laughs> we were boys. <laughs> so there's a lot that light provides us with. But this gospel is not talking about, I mean, it does uh, mention it, and it, that's the story, but the allowing of the blind man to see physically, even though he does that, but it's really what's going on internally. In today's uh, gospel acclamation, it says, I am the light of the world, says the Lord. Whoever follows me will have the light of life. Jesus Christ is that light for us, not just for our physical being, but for our spiritual being. And you can go through that uh, list that I gave you and enumerate it and apply it to our souls. It gives us light. He illuminates things for us in our spiritual life, what is good, what is evil. It can be a sign. It can be a guide for us. We need to follow Christ on his path, lest we go down another path. 
It can provide us with the heat of the Holy Spirit, the life, the everlasting life that Jesus Christ offers us. And it can actually burn and purify us. Now, Jesus Christ, in his process of going through the blind man, he uh, spittles uh, some dirt and applies it to his eyes. That's a sign in, of the sacraments that we all have access to. We are given that light of Christ at our baptism. And there's a physical and a, a, um, kind of a ritual that goes with it. The water, the words that go with it. But even as we are uh, allowed to see, we're healed of our spiritual blindness, we can self-inflict our blindness again onto us as we go through life. We can be blind to the faith. We can get distracted by the world around us. We can become enamored with the world around us. We think about uh, acquiring wealth, acquiring fame. Each time we do that, we get a little more blind to the message that Jesus Christ provides us with the light that is so important to our lives, our everlasting life. Now, this week, we are going to be giving a mission um, in addition to celebrating the masses and preaching uh, today on Sunday. We will be here Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And our theme is the presence of God. He is there all the time. And we've often become blind to the presence of God in our lives. Now, Father Toby is um, and Father um, Benedict are going to be giving the talks on Monday and Tuesday. The first one will be on divine providence. And the second one will be on the divine indwelling in our souls. And the third one... Uh, will be on Wednesday, and I'll be giving that, and that is the real presence in the Holy Eucharist. Now, we're going to be doing this twice each day, once in the morning and once in the evening. So I encourage you to take home a bulletin and, and get the full schedule, because that'll tell uh, you when to come, the precise times. But we're giving the same talk in the morning as in the evening. So you don't have to go to both. If one time works better for you, come to that one. And then the next day, you can come to the same time or go to the early one or later one. But I encourage you to come really also to the last one because there's going to be a Eucharistic healing service. And in your pews, you'll see these at the end. And I encourage you to read it and to invite those uh, friends or family members that maybe need healing. We all need healing. So, um, all of us in a unique and a particular way. But we will have the Eucharist exposed actually in all three days at all the sessions as we give our talks. But on Wednesday, it will be special because we will ask everyone to gather in family units, 
The family is under attack in our society. And it's wounded and has become blind to the presence of Christ in our lives. It's a very, very powerful experience. And I encourage you all to come there because you will be blessed individually by the Eucharist. We will bring the monstrance out so that you can, that it can be blessed over each individual. Whether it's family relations or tragedy or anything in our lives that need healing, particularly relationships between family members, extended family members, those are the important things that need healing in our lives. But there are also personal things, individual things. So it's not limited to um, just a family unit, but anybody that needs healing, including those that are not Catholic, including those that uh, have been away from the sacraments. One thing that I do want to impress is that there are a plethora of opportunities for confession. Confession is the way that we Catholics return to the path of the light that Jesus Christ offers us. Just like in baptism where we're given that initial light, confession is how we restore our relationship with Jesus Christ. And confession is really powerful. And often at these uh, missions, I've heard confessions of people that have been away from 10, 20, the, the sacrament from 10, 20, 30, 40, and even 50 years. And that is a, such a great blessing and a consolation for us priests and a great um, glorious event for all of the kingdom to have us restored in our relationship with Jesus Christ. When we can do that, then that blindness, those scales on our eyes fall away and we see the true light of Christ in our lives for our everlasting life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.